Welcome to the Revelation Church podcast. We trust today's message will speak to you. If you'd like to get in touch, just drop us an email at hello at revelationchurch.org.uk. So um, we're going to start a new series over these next, uh, uh, I think, 10 weeks or so. We've called it Living in Tents, uh, and you'll, you'll see why it's called that um, as we go through. Uh, and so I'm going to read, uh, the, the word's going to come up on the screen, Hebrews chapter 11, verses 8 to 10. This is the this is, where we're, this is the passage that we're going to be in over the next few weeks, digging out different jewels and treasures from it. So Hebrews chapter 11, verses 8 to 10. So it says, uh, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. And um, I'll, as we go through the sermon, I'll give you a little bit of a backdrop of the story as to why we're looking at in, in this passage over these weeks. But we trust that God will use it to encourage us and to, and to stir us. But I want, I want to take us back to the story of Abraham. And I think probably I'm going to introduce you to a, an aspect of his story that you're probably not familiar with. Um, or at least if you are, it won't be the bit you're most familiar with, because um, this is normally we start talking about Abraham from Genesis 12, whereas I'm going to go from Genesis 11. So we're going to read uh, together Genesis 11 and we're going to start in verse 27. And then we're going to read through to chapter 12, verse five. So Genesis, again, the words are going to come up, chapter, chapter 11, verses 27 down to 12 verse 5 here we go now <clears throat> these are the generations of terah terah fathered abram nahor and haran and haran fathered lot haran died in the presence of his father terah in the land of his kindred in ur of the chaldeans and abram and nahor took wives the name of abram's wife was sarah and the name of nahor's wife milcah the daughter of haran the father of milcah and iscah now sarah was barren she had no child Terah took Abram his son and Lot the son of Haran his grandson and Sarah his daughter-in-law his son Abram's wife and they went forth together from Ur of the Chaldeans to go into the land of Canaan but when they came to Haran they settled there. The days of Terah were 205 years and Terah died in Haran. Now the Lord said to Abram go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you and I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you I will curse and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord told him and Lot went with him. Abram was about was 75 years old when he departed from Haran and Abram took Sarai his wife and Lot his brother's son and all their possessions that they had gathered and the people that they had acquired in Haran. And they set out to go to the land of Canaan. Now I'm going to just read another story, another short passage from chapter 15, just to give you the whole of the story. And then I'm going to begin to explain some things to you that would be helpful to understand where we're going to go today. So if we could have the passage um, about chapter 15, if that's okay. <clears throat> so this is a little, a little while later now, now when Abraham is in the land of Canaan. Uh, and God said to him, I'm the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to possess. But Abraham said, oh, Lord, how am I to know that I shall possess it? He said to him, bring me a heifer three years old, a female goat three years old, a ram three years old, a turtle dove and a young pigeon. And he brought him all these, cut them in half and laid each half over against the other. But he did not cut the birds in half. And when the birds of prey came down on the carcasses, Abraham drove them away. 
as the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell on Abraham. And behold, dreadful and great darkness fell upon him. Then the Lord said to Abraham, know for certain that your offspring will be sojourners in a land that is not theirs and will be servants there. And they will be afflicted for 400 years, obviously referring to Egypt. But I will bring judgment on the nation that they serve. And afterward, they shall come out with great possessions. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for scripture. Thank you for this incredible story. What, I mean, uh, so much in there. And Lord, I pray that as we unpack it and think about it today, pray for the work of your spirit. Pray, Lord, do something fresh and new in our hearts today. Pray, touch us, move us, convince us, win us, get a hold of us freshly. I pray our confidence in you, Lord, would grow as a result of being in your word, I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, does anyone like a map? Anyone here on the Zoom call enjoy a map? Give us a wave if you like a map. All right, we've got some map nerds in the house. All right, let's go. we're going to put the map up. I'm going to explain the story with the map up so you understand what's gone on here. So what we've got in front of us, this green area, the top part particularly is known as the Fertile Crescent. OK, and um, this 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 map is from um, from 9000 BC, as you can see up there. Not that it was made then, but it's a map representing that time. Now, if you look down to the to the the, the far right of the green area, You'll see this place, Ur, you are there. That's um, that's where Abraham starts. That's where the story begins. That's where we first meet Abraham, which probably means he was a moon worshipper because um, archaeological findings and historical findings have found that that's that's that was the, the main God that was worshipped in that part there. But I want you to just think for a moment about this story, because I think we overlook something very often. So Abraham was one of three. Seems that he was the oldest. Um, the dad was called Terah. We don't know their mum's name. But there were three, Abraham, Nahor and Haran. And then we're told that Haran fathered Lot. And we learn about Lot carries on in the story as they go forward. But then we're told very quickly that Haran, the youngest, died in the presence of his father, Terah, in the land of Ur. Now, just hold on for a minute. I think this is ever such an important thing. Um, To, to lose a child, I, I, I can't begin to imagine what, what that feels like. Um, I had an uncle who, un, uncle who was unfortunate to be uh, struck down with a, an, an affliction when he was relatively young, um, and which meant that, that he died before my grandma died. So, so, so his mum, my grandma, attended his funeral. And at the time, I was too young to really understand what that would have felt like or meant. Now being a parent, the thought of it is unimaginable. Um, you'd lose one of your children. We're told that he died, Haran died in the presence of his father. Was it some sort of tragic accident? We don't know. Um, but what we do know is after this, um, that Terah left. Verse 31, Terah took Abraham, his son, and Lot. So he, he was now responsible for Haran's son. Haran left Lot. So Terah was now responsible, was the granddad for, for Lot and brought him to. And they left Ur. Uh, and I, now it does matter because later on, God says to Abraham, I called you out of Ur. At this point, we've got no mention of God at all in the story. Later on in the, what we read, Chapter 15, God says, I called you out of Ur. You wouldn't know it. 
you really wouldn't know it. It's just been a tragedy. And actually, more than anything, what we do know is that this was a famous route of migration. People would migrate across this fertile crescent. They wouldn't. It wasn't just, you know, people on a spiritual pilgrimage. It's where people. It was a very common route. Not only that, I wouldn't be at all surprised if really what's happening here is terror is saying, let's, you know, there's been tragedy here. Let's let's have a new start. Now, I'm, I'm, it doesn't say that, but you just wonder. The point is, is that God is not mentioned at all. You wouldn't know that God was leading Abraham out. And um, there's been a family tragedy. Terah says we're moving to we're moving somewhere else and takes Abraham with him. That's really all it is. And it's important that we understand that because the context, the backdrop is tragic. And at the moment, things don't look that supernatural. It just seems like we're, we're going to have a new start. We're going to we're going to we're going to travel. And then and then we're told that they got to Haran. Now, if you look on your map, you'll see Haran. If you look at the peak of the green area, you'll see that Haran is right right up there. It's not in it's not in Canaan. It's not in the land of promise. The land of promise begins from like um, if you look on the map, there, you see it, where it says Canaan on the left. That's the promised land. Um, that is. Uh, that's the land that where, where God brought the Israelites out of Egypt and, and settled them. So, but they don't stop it. They stop in Haran. Uh, now, it's interesting that when Moses wrote the story, this place is called Haran. Um, you haven't got to be a rocket scientist to notice that Haran is the name of Terah's son who died. And that's a fascinating thing. Did, was it already called Haran? And so they stopped there because it felt meaningful in some way. Was the son originally named after this place? I don't know. Who knows? Um, was it that? Terah called the place Haran and then that became its historical name because Abraham obviously became a very has become a very famous man and his dad said we're going to call this place Haran and and that's been that's what it's been called since that time we don't know that but what we do know is is that Terah died there and so in the sense that you could say that Terah never moved on from Haran never moved on from the loss of his son but what we're told is, is that uh, God then intervenes in a very direct way. Abraham uh, with, is with Sarai and with Lot. So he's now in charge. Terah's died. He's now in charge of his nephew, Lot. Here they are. What are they doing here? Well, they've come for a new start. Um, we don't know anything about their life here, how well it's going. But suddenly God breaks in. Chapter 12. Now the Lord says to Abraham, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land. I will show you. And he calls him on this adventure. He calls him into this place. And, we're and Abraham never inherits the land. In fact, God says to him in the passage that we read that actually there's going to be a there's going to be a, a 400 year period where you will be captive in another land before you come back and have this. You'll never settle here, but you will travel around here nomadically. And that's why we are told that he was happy to live in tents with his children. That he, he became a nomad. He didn't have any land that was his own when he's when his wife died, he had to um, purchase a cave to, to bury her in, didn't have any land at all. That was what he'd been brought into here. And I want us to become familiar with Abraham's story because, you know, the Bible puts us firmly into the story of Abraham. It, it, the New Testament broadens out um, the descendants of Abraham from just the Hebrew people, just natural lineage, broadens it out into um, something that transcends that, which is this whole idea of faith. Abraham is held up as a, 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 a signpost of what it means to live by faith. And all those who believe in the same God with the same faith as Abraham are Abraham's offspring. That's what it says in Galatians chapter 3, verse 29. If you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs, according to promise. And so we find ourselves in, as we find ourselves in Abraham somehow, that, that his story becomes our story, that the way that he lived 
it's something that we go i resonate with that i feel in my spirit there's so much about the way he lived we don't live in the middle east we don't live in tents um we're not nomads in that sense but there's something that's going on in terms of the dynamic in which he's living trusting god living by the promise being willing to travel light uh, because he knows that there's something eternal for him that that it sparks in our heart by the holy spirit we say to ourselves, yeah yeah this is this is that's me i can see something in my spirit jumps which is why the bible says look to the rock from which you were cut look to abraham look to sarah look to the way that they lived because there's something magnificent in there for us and um i guess maybe it's a good moment just at the start of the year to 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 just stop and pause and to to become familiar familiar familiarize ourselves again with our story who are we um not necessarily as individuals we can all do that i'm sure we all did a little bit of that over new year's eve and other times reflected but as a church as a people as a congregation as a as a family that are following Ab in abraham's footsteps who are we well we've had a very nomadic journey ourselves i remember before rev was planted god spoke to me specifically very powerfully about you're going to have to leave where you're going and go and plant something but he didn't tell me where and myself and davina you know we would pray and we visited west london initially looked around the shepherd's bush area is this where you're calling us we didn't know where we were going but we were putting things in place to leave um and we're told here in abraham's story god says to him go to a place i will show you you're to get moving and I'll, i i will show you the destination but you your, yours is to get moving and so you know i remember unsettling our roots and getting ready to leave and you know telling telling people and preparing and it wasn't until some time down the road where, where god then revealed where we were to be planted here in north central london um and then um obviously we've um, in terms of <laughs> we've lived in tents i did a little think yesterday different uh, on sundays and different meetings and family meetings and alpha courses different places in north central london where we've gathered we've gathered at south camden community school we've gathered in our home initially we've gathered in the upper room we've gathered in the london irish center we've gathered in haverstock school we've gathered in the pembroke castle function and we've gathered in the basement of chalk farm baptist church we've gathered in the camden eye we've gathered in the maharani curry house we've gathered in the pineapple we've gathered in our lady of helps we've gathered in very lots of different tenants halls and lots of different homes we live in tents we don't have our own building it's uh, currently that's been god's way for us and there's advantages and disadvantages but one thing it does is it keeps your eyes on uh, him and it keeps you from having uh, that settling spirit because in that's in that sense you know that you're always uh, it's not about the building that's not what the church is the church is the called out people of god who are who are following him into fruitfulness and with our eyes not fixed on any any location in this age but in that city which is to come and we're going to finish on that at the end but that that's the spirit of in which we uh, in which we live um we've had prophecies saying that the way that god is going to uh, give us breakthrough is not through brilliant natural resources but but through faith uh, this is our lineage the lineage of abraham this is who we are this is how it works um for us there's a there's been a really interesting podcast on uh, over the last few months since since the pandemic for church leaders very good really helpful um but i would say pretty fixated with attendance how many how many people are still coming to church how many people are still coming to zoom uh, which is important <coughs> but it is some somewhat of a fixation well they had a guest speaker on recently uh, to interview francis chan and um 
you know, it was a really interesting because Francis Chan's story is he was a very successful mega church leader at a church of thousands in the USA. And then he came to a moment of conviction where he looked at his church and he said, you know what? I think if Jesus or if the Apostle Paul were leading a church in my city, it would not be as big as this church. It would be smaller. And the reason he felt that was because he felt that Jesus or the Apostle Paul would, requ would require a lot more of the people in their churches in terms of discipleship and commitment than he was. He was putting on great services. He was faithful preaching God's word, but actually he'd realized that things have become quite consumerist. People were coming along because they had a great time. They, they, they go to church to have a great time and they really enjoy this and really enjoy that, which in and of itself is not wrong. But discipleship and following Jesus is about so much more than, than going to a meeting and having a good experience. That we gather together is vital, but that we gather primarily for his glory and then for the building up of one another. And then from that place, we find ourselves encouraged. But we don't go there because we enjoy it. We, we're there for him and for one another. Um, that we also are scattered people. We're people who are to be committed to reaching out to those who don't yet know this incredible joy of sins forgiven and reconciliation with God. There's multitudes that know nothing of it, that we're that this isn't just about holding our breath and waiting till heaven, but we're on mission. Uh, this is the church. This is what the church is all about. And, um, you know, it's so refreshing to just hear Francis Chan speak about this and just say, do you know what? At the end of the day, if, if, if a season like we've had, you know, if, if, if people, stop gathering to worship and, and praise god you know our, our first response shouldn't necessarily necessarily be to instantly try to win them back to it but to ask why to ask what 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 are we gathering for what are we about and it's you know i, I do think that there is um there's something very special i i mean this I believe there's something very special. I believe there's something very special for us to discover in this season. And as I was preparing this morning, I was reminded of this really obscure uh, um, incident in the book of Judges. Judges is full of obscure incidents. <laughs> but it's a story um, where Samson, uh, he sets this, he finds a honeycomb in a dead lion. He finds a honeycomb in the carcass of a dead lion. And he uses this honeycomb to set a riddle for his enemies. And the riddle is this, out of the eater came something to eat. Out of the strong came something sweet. Out of the eater came something to eat. Out of the strong came something sweet. And they're supposed to try and guess what the riddle is because he finds a honeycomb in the carcass of a dead lion. I felt God remind me of it this morning. I'm saying, Lord, why? What's that got to do with living in tents? And Abraham, Lord, what is this? And I just feel there is something sweet that if we, if we believe God and trust him and just hold the line, I believe that there is a, there are, there's a sweetness that will come out of this last year that looks a lot like a dead carcass in many ways. Um, we all started the year thinking it's going to be, you know, wow, well, you know, it's going to be a, a strong, a strong year. And it, 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 it was a year of death and loss in many ways for many, many people. Um, but out of, out, of, out of the strong comes something sweet. I do believe there's something sweet that will come from this season i believe it's partly to do with evangelism and harvest i think that it takes a lot more than a pandemic to see people get saved it's a work of the spirit but god can use circumstances 
to cause people to stop and reflect and ask questions. And it doesn't always happen instantly. And I'm trusting and hoping that that, that will be part of it. But also, I think in terms of our own configuration of what it means to follow Jesus and to and to really be to really travel light and to really have our hopes set on that which is to come, not simply on, you know, three months time or six months time. It's natural and human to look forward to things. Don't hear what I'm not saying, but to have our hope anchored, anchored in Christ so that we don't become hopeless and despairing when things don't work out as we think they will. I want to encourage us at the start of this year to have a, to have a spirit where we go, do you know what, Lord, we're going to, we're going to follow you. And, um, you know, obviously part of, part of the, the living intense thing, you know, is, is there's going to be a new iteration of Sunday gatherings uh, from early February where we're looking to meet in location hubs on Zoom um, and in congregations of 20 to 20 to 30. It gives us a much, um, a much clearer and cleaner opportunity to be able to connect relationally on Sundays to contribute, to bring spiritual gifts and again, not to allow things just to become consumerist and passive. It's not good for us. It's not good for our souls. Trust me, if we all came to any gathering, running partners through to huge celebrations, thinking, how can I glorify Christ? How can I serve my brothers and sisters, a brother or a sister? Then we would all go away personally encouraged because there would have been so much encouragement going on and flying around. And so, you know, I do I do I do feel that that, that this this is we feel confident that God is going to do. Um, uh, something fresh in us we'll obviously we're going to do family meeting lots of questions and answers about it I don't want to get into the practicalities of it now but what I do want to really try to help us to land with as we gather all these thoughts together we've thought of Abraham on this journey that started in tragedy um, and loss um, and you know where's God where's God in this we just moved to Haran where, where was God but then God says to him later I called you out of her I was in I was doing that I was getting you moving um it's been a tragic year with a lot of with a lot of loss where's God been in it I think God I think God is leading his church absolutely convinced God is leading his church he knows he knows he knows what to do and I think the first thing I'm, I, I want to ask us uh to really do I've been struck by this phrase that he makes us to lie down in green pastures it's a very forceful phrase he makes us to lie down in green pastures this next season this next year is not about um it's not about trying to get everyone to do more it's not about um it's not about driving driving the church that's the last thing this this new iteration it's really not about that we, we felt god say this is this is the next thing um this is the next thing to do for the next season keep keep we'll keep reviewing it and reflecting on it monthly um there's no no it's no it's not written in stone but we felt that this would be the healthiest move for us as a church for this for this next season we really felt that but it's not a, it's not like a um a thing which is where we're kind of looking to uh, drive the church oh, another thing no 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 it's, it's not like that um the heart of god and our, our heart as elders shepherding heart what we want more than anything is 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 to, for the church to lie down in green pastures uh and i just want us to take a moment you can either do this in your heart or you can do it literally uh, to lie down um, just take a moment literally just to either just figuratively in your imagination or even you go do you know what I'm gonna actually just lie down and to, I want us to start the year lying down I want us to start the year lying down in a place of rest in the presence of God 
rest that we're not this isn't frantic this isn't crazy there's there's no anxiety here with this new plan we're just following the nudges of god we're just trusting him um he's got us an adventure but it's an adventure that comes out of a place of rest and is filled with rest because he's a good shepherd and that's how he leads us so let's just take a moment and I want you to just give up all, all the things that might be worrying you, stressing you out, making you feel harried and hassled. Just give them to the Lord. Just say, Lord, I'm going to give these things to you. Lord, we trust you with these pressures. We trust you with these uncertainties. We trust you with things that will be weighing on our minds. Hopes that look even more deferred with restrictions and other things dreams that's that seem uh, incredibly uh, dusty Lord, fears and, and uh, just that sense of you know pharaoh driving us to try and make more bricks without straw we just say no 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 thank you that is not you thank you for the rest that is in jesus we just want to say now Lord, that we we trust you and we we want to breathe in your peace We want to breathe in your sovereignty. Abraham didn't know that he was being led out of Ur into Haran. It's just circumstantial, but you were, you were drawing him out. We breathe in your sovereignty. You are sovereignly leading us. We honour you. We, we lay down things that have started to mean too much to us in our heart in the sense that they've started to replace you. We say, sorry, Lord. Sorry. Sorry where we've done that. Please forgive us and Lord that we would that that we would cling to you and 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 then just walk with you as you let things shake down into their proper place and we would trust you. And we say, Lord, we want to lie down. And it's not just lying down, but it's lying down in green pastures. We thank you that when we slow down like this. Allow your presence to fill our soul, Lord, that there is nourishment, wonderful nourishment. And Lord, that our souls will be nourished on your word, on your promises. As you whisper to our hearts through the scriptures and quicken scriptures to our heart. And as prophecy flows among us as a church, as we encourage one another with prophetic messages and texts and whatsapps and different things lord that we would be hearing you over this new year and we say lord we want to start this new year lying down and we bless you and we thank you for the grace that's the way that you lead us we thank you for that lord we thank you for that lord amen i want to end just by uh taking us back also to this unusual image of this uh, honeycomb in the carcass of a lion. Um, and, you know, as I was pondering it, God reminded me of this really weird thing that happened on a ferry <laughs> a few months ago. Uh, I think we were going to um, pick up Daisy from France. I think it was, I can't remember what trip it was, but there were loads of fruit machines. You know what fruit machines are? They're those, sure you all do but there's big machines that you put money in and and the, you know, the wheels spin and it and it lines up and you're supposed to win money and most people just lose money and we 
we witnessed someone win the jackpot on this fruit machine, 390 pounds, 390 pound coins flying out of this machine. It was, it was embarrassing. The noise went on and on for minutes. Ba-dor, 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 ba-dor. And um, I thought, well, why am I thinking of that? And again, it's just this thing of, I mean, I think fruit machines are just death. <laughs> they, are, they are futility. They are, they are robbers of men and women. You know, they are, they are awful things. Um, and yet it was giving out. Giving, I mean, what you could do a lot of good with 390 pounds. You could do a lot of good with that. And it was a bit like this kind of this honeycomb again coming out of this line. I do, I, I want to call us to a place of faith and trust saying lord we want to enter this year in a spirit of faith not in some not hyping ourselves up to anything but simply saying that we are those who love you and are called according to your purpose and lord you say that you cause all things to work together for good for those who love you and are called according to your purpose therefore 2020 will work together for our good it's not so it's it's just standing on the promises it's not hype saying, Lord, we absolutely believe you for something very sweet and nourishing and, and that can do a lot of good for a lot of people to come out of the last year. And Lord, deliver us from introspection, deliver us from going in on ourselves, deliver us from that, because we may not have found it easy. And it's important that we that we look after ourselves and look after one another. Don't hear what I'm not saying, but that we don't become consumed with ourselves, but that we recognize that um, actually there is this there's a real blessing in serving others and remaining mindful of others and remaining prayerful of others is such an important thing. And I, I do just want to gently lift all of our heads this morning and say, let's not go in on ourselves. Let's continue to pray for our neighbours that don't know the Lord, for our families that don't know the Lord. Let's continue to uh, have a increasingly rich relationship with God um, because he's got a hold of us. And um, it, it will be a year of circumstantial changes there's no two ways about it we have literally no idea what sundays will look like sort of april may onwards june july we have no idea we we can't we can't give any answer no one knows you will see by the amount of changes the government has to make on lots of different things it's because it's a constantly moving situation our situation is a microcosm of that we, we can't we just don't know but our confidence and our sense of security is not in that. It's in him. And so even though these things are unsettling and can be unnerving, actually we can remain in that place of peace and confidence because it's in him and he doesn't change. And so I'm going to end in prayer and then I'm going to hand back uh, to, to Rich. So, Lord, we just want to say thank you so much for this extraordinary adventure that you've called us up on that we are children of abraham is such a privilege we read about his life and it's not comfortable but it's so fruitful so fruitful and lord we want to be fruitful we know it glorifies you when we bear fruit because it shows that we really are true disciples and we just want to start this year come back to the cross we want to declare with our mouths that jesus christ is lord that he died on the cross for our sins and that he rose again three days later and that he is alive forevermore and rules and reigns as king. That, that we have been washed by the blood of Jesus, that we have been saved by grace through faith 
that we have been made brand new and brought into the family of God as a free gift. And that's a wonderful thing. And Lord, we want to embrace, we want to breathe in gospel air this morning. We want to breathe it in freshly into our lungs. And we say, Lord, lift heaviness. I pray for any anything that the, the, that the enemy has been working into our minds and hearts and souls over this break lord that 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 it would that it would be silenced and removed and that lord that your truth would flow into our minds and hearts and souls that we would be encouraged lord and that we would be freshly focused and fixed on you the author and the perfection of our faith so lord as a church lead us into this next season of living in tents lead us lead us into that season with joy with a spirit of faith, with a largesse in our hearts, with compassion for the poor, with love for our neighbour. Lead us in, Lord, that, that you would bring something so sweet out of 2020 in us as a church that would come out for the good of many. In Jesus' name. Amen.